The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hello, everybody. Now let's get this party started. You've got the idea. It's the female invasion on today's revolution. So Mrs. Bunny will join Jim and Trav as they discuss five key outdoor topics. Number one, how road hunting and poaching has become an epidemic. Number two, food plots versus maintaining natural habitat. Number three, should you boycott hunting in states that are pro-gun control? Number four, do we really have to choose between habitat conservation and access? And finally, number five, we'll get the latest from Jim about his quest to achieve African excellence in his up-and-coming safari. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Jim and Trev. Do you feel ostracized, Miss Bunny? I'm okay. He said Jim and Trav, he didn't say Bunny. I need like a sweet CB handle, you know, I mean, <laughs> like the... Like sweet cheeks or something. Yeah, I, I need like I need like a like a sweet handle we can just throw in there. Mrs. Bunny? I, Can't get much better now. I guess so. <laughs> That's my given name, yes. No, she is joining us. Uh, throughout the show today, as a co-host, she is joining Jimbo and I. Lord knows why. We like you, though. You couldn't find anybody better. Oh, Frank's got your song. When I grow up. Are you ever going to grow up? No. All right. No. All right, so Jimbo, what are we talking about on today's show? Wasn't that the Beach Boys, When I Grow Up to Be a Man? Oh. <laughs> oh. The, is that the sexism thing coming in again? <laughs> and, and you're also racist. <laughs> but I do like the Beach Boys. All right, so in today's Ramp Power Block, we're going to have Mrs. Bunny, and after that, we're going to have Mrs. Bunny. We're gonna, uh, first thing we're going to talk about, Mrs. Bunny's going to um, be through the whole show. Road hunting and poaching has become an epidemic. What else are we going to talk about, Jimmy? Hey, next one is going to be uh, food plots versus maintaining natural habitat. Okay. Yeah. Then you also, more? <laughs> should we boycott hunting and stay? that are pro-gun control. Uh, do we really have to choose between habitat conservation and access? And finally... And finally, a number five. Uh, we'll get to it later about me on my African safari. Your That's peak be physical form to have achieve you, African excellence. You said that you're going to start working out. How's working that coming? Out. Uh... I got to start it first. He's going to get that started right after today's show. All right, so let's kick this whole thing off uh, in the Ram Power Block. Excuse me, about uh, road hunting and poaching. We actually have a clip right here. Now, to set this up, I don't know where this was at. Uh, Jimmy thought possibly it was the Springs, Colorado Colorado Springs. Springs. I don't know where it was. was. Whitetail, maybe not. Yeah, so there was this big whitetail. They named him Henry, and he used to go around to several houses, and uh, they'd feed him apples out the window, and you could pet him, and so on and so forth. And some stupid, like, high school kids or college kids fed him an arrow. Uh, Yeah, they fed him an arrow out of season. And and this is so stupid. When the police officer showed up, they took pictures with him. Anyways, (laughs) Frank, (laughs) take. That was damning evidence. Frank, you got the clip ready? All right, take a listen to this. This is the American dream in action. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. These guys are cool, but not that cool. Officer York says the two suspects were very proud about killing Henry. They were quite excited about the uh, size of the deer. Uh... Mr. Leonard, who shot the deer, was stated that it's even bigger than I thought it was. They were so pleased, they proudly posed for Officer York to take this photo of them with their illegal kill. But they weren't so pleased when a local judge handed down a stiff sentence. Two days in jail and three days of uh, community work crew and 
I believe, 40 hours of community service. How stupid was that? Having the police officer uh, oh, take they pictures got a nice of you. Shot. Suitable for framing. All right, so they gave him two days. It, he, they said prison, but it was actually jail. Uh, two days community service or whatever that was and 40 hours probation. I think maybe this just shows that um, it's a joke. fines and um, punishment in general just isn't staunch enough for the people who are violating wild it's game not, laws. It's not a big enough deterrent, is it's it? It's not. No, it really it's not. isn't. You know, and they say that poaching, I mean, poaching is a huge problem, especially oh, around yeah. here. I mean, there isn't a day that it's we're rampant. that Yeah, there isn't a day that we're out in the field out here that you don't see some sort of poaching or um, uh, driving on land illegally or whatever, you know, that people are out there. They spot huge bucks. There, there's big bucks around here, muleys and whitetails. They spot them from the road. And instead of uh, taking it legally, getting permission from the landowner, they take matters into their own hands and they're driving through the fields and shoot through the window, load them up, and then they're out of there. You were actually just talking to an ex-game warden? Yeah, actually. Uh, here in uh, Colby? Right here in, in Thomas County in Kansas. And he was telling me how bad it is and he said that we don't have enough personnel to be able to, you know, like one guy handles like uh, maybe four or five counties. Yeah. Well, shoot somebody up in Cheyenne County could be doing all kinds of crazy things. And he's down here, you know, checking licenses. You know, mm -hmm. there's just not enough people to go around to be able to police this. But the bigger thing is, and, and I did this last year, I had been set up on this uh, one big buck. And uh, for a couple hours, a couple hours sitting in a goofy snowbank, freezing my left elbow off. And he no uh, longer has a left elbow. <laughs> no, it looks weird. It goes from shoulder to wrist. Yeah. They now call me lefty. <laughs> Anyhow, as I'm waiting, all of a sudden I'm watching this herd of 26 deer and there's one gigantic buck in there. All of a sudden they look toward the north. Yep. Then another one looks toward the north and then one stands up, another stands up. And here comes this gray Ford four door pickup truck. And it's coming down hell bent for leather. Yeah. And uh, starts chasing the deer through the middle the of the field. field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Through the middle of the field. And I'd been setting up waiting. If they would have done what they've done the last couple of days, I would have been within 120 yards of them coming across the field as they're heading to wherever they go to. It, and this jack wagon just cut straight across winter wheat, complete disregard uh, and for respect. For anyone that was there. For anyone that was there, the animal, the landowner. Yeah, well, and Whatsoever. here's another thing. The law. They, they had they had a little one, you know, those little things that slide into the receiver hitch? Yeah. That you could carry things. They had a big buck already on there. And you know how they got that buck. Yeah, same way. They poached it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think one of the problems, and, and Mrs. Bunny, I was hunting with you a while ago, and we found that, you know, people have GPSs or the little portable garment things that you can get the contour of the land. And then with technology, with texting and calling people, remember those people that were... Um, they were like coordinating between a couple other trucks. We were trucks sitting right in the and center. ATVs, and they were basically triangulating Calling. around the yes. herds, chasing them into pushing them into each other. You know, yeah. it's hunting big antlers for big egos. Well, and besides that, just upland hunting. I know right in front of my house, I had some idiots, some high school kids jump out and try to shoot some pheasants. And they were, you know, 50 yards from my house. I mean, this is happening all the time. And it's just not here in Kansas. It's all across the country. And we have a few select individuals, complete idiots, that are giving the hunting community a black eye. Yeah, but the thing is, we have to, you know, that tip, turn in poachers? Right. We need to do that. As a matter of fact, I know that you guys did. So did I. Yeah. I, I called the uh, the game warden, uh, conservation officer, depending on what it's called in your state. Uh, if you see illegal activity, if you can get a license plate number. And uh, unfortunately, with these people, I couldn't get it with this truck to get the license plate. But I gave them a very good description of what the truck looked like. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, nothing came of it. But I will tell you that a couple of years earlier was like late in the yeah. summer or early fall. Uh, like 2 o'clock, yeah, two o'clock two, in, the morning. in the morning. Uh, a gunshot goes off. Well, I know doggone well I'm not cleaning my gun. Yeah. And uh, come to find out, I got up and, and uh, saw some actually two trucks working uh, together. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody had shot a deer or an antelope. That's horrible. And I called the, uh, the sheriff's department and they did catch them. Yeah, but you've you've got to go out there and uh, you got to be diligent. You, you you have to be about yourself. Yeah, because w- as I was sitting in that snowbank, had those deer come running my way and these guys started shooting, they would have been shooting right in my direction. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's the danger is that there's a complete disregard for obviously the animal, but for the safety of anybody else around. Because I mean, it's open deer season. They don't know who's out there, and there you are sitting in a bank. And you're right; you could have been caught in the crossfire, and that's dangerous. Well, they don't know, and they don't care. Well, and that's it, and that's the problem. But one thing that we have to push for, and just like we heard in that clip, oh, two days in jail. Well, that's not a stiff enough penalty. I think we need to smack somebody. And really, going off the game. Let's say you shoot a mature whitetail. Let's give them a forty-five hundred dollar fine and forty-five days in jail. They're- you know, they have something called the Lacey Act. Yeah, and uh, that does post. Different penalties, especially if it is a trophy animal. But here's the thing: you got to catch them at it. Catching poachers is the exception, not the rule. It's hard to catch them. Yeah. They yeah. work quick, and either they're out for the horns, they just throw the whole thing on, or they grab the horns and they take the back straps and the hind quarters really quick, and then they're out of there. Yeah, and it's gone. hard. It's hard to catch them. And like you said, when you only have one game officer in a four to five county area, and you're relying on the sheriff's department to come figure out exactly where you are, I mean, they're going to be long gone, and that's the problem. What? And then it goes to um, confronting somebody. You don't want to do that. Obviously, already acting legally with a large firearm, which you know a lot of people don't have um, their wits about them, and it could end badly for you. Yeah, don't approach them yourselves. That's one of the stupidest things you can do. But like Jim said, he's exactly right. You need to turn in poachers. Nobody wants to do it because, like, oh my God, you know, no people in the community that so and so son or daughter or brother in law do it. It is the right thing to do. Trouble is, it's costing you maybe your next big buck i I, you know it's so disrespectful towards the game you're not an outdoorsman or woman you're not a hunter you're just a piece piece of what you fill in the blank (laughs) isn't that right you decide yeah i've I've got nothing to say after that all right so we just talked about poaching and uh, road hunting road hunting it's absolutely terrible don't do it just obey the law that's all you have to do that's right if you don't go home with a big buck doesn't matter or a limit of pheasants or rabbits or whatever maybe so be it. Well, yeah. hey, we actually got to get to a break. Once again, we are being joined by Mrs. Bunny <laughs> during the whole show. Such a beautiful young lady. Uh, coming up next, though, we're going to be talking about food plots versus maintaining a natural habitat. Which is better? Well, hey, we're the revolution. We are proudly brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com plus Outdoor Channel. That is OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Got to hop on there and make sure you uh, listen to us. Also, uh, Zeiss is Zeiss com forward slash sports and how about cabela's world's foremost outfitter at cabela's.com once again coming up next food plots versus maintaining natural habitat with mrs bunny but here's a quick word from mark we'll see you after the break Due to the graphic nature of this program, you're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Do you believe these characters? Discretion is advised. Ram Trucks, hard-hitting outdoor facts. Dixieland delight. Thanks to liberal daily bag limits, Alabama and Georgia rank as number one and number two respectively on the list of the nation's best bow hunting success rates. With 62,000 hunters taking about 55,000 deer per year, Alabama holds the top spot with an 88% success rate. The harvest success rates in other top bow hunting 
voting states include Georgia, 45%, Wisconsin, 41%, Pennsylvania, 40%, Illinois, 38%, and Missouri, 25%. Vermont is the most challenging state in which to tag a whitetail while bow hunting. On average, only 15% of that state's archers fill a tag, and Maine ranks a close second at 16%. Interestingly, Texas also ranks near the bottom, with just an 18% success rate. So the revolution will return in just a moment after this brief word from our sponsors. When you're after the largest game in the United States, finding success at high altitude Turn to hit some elevation. takes high-caliber instincts. I don't know if I can keep up. Join Jason Carter and the Under Armour team for the climb to the top. Holy crap. Is the easy part. Never detected. He's on the run. Always lethal. Hit him. Under Armour presents Ridge Reaper. Season premiere Monday, July 1st. All part of our all-new premiere week. Only on Outdoor Channel. That was brutal. To take it all head on. Channel the universe. Steer the satellites. Defy the elements. Roar past convention. Shift every course. Rewrite the roadmaps. Push beyond the possible. And bring the world to its knees. It takes the new 2013 Ram 1500, engineered to move heaven and earth. The road doesn't end here. This is only the beginning. Guts. Glory. Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. And this is absolutely perfect. Here are the boys. Hey, you're back on the air with Jim and Trav and Miss Bunny. Miss and uh, Bunny! You just Woo-hoo! missed a big conversation if you're just joining us about road hunting and poaching, how it's become an epidemic. But right now, we're going to be talking about food plots versus maintaining natural habitat. I got sweaty. That last conversation. <laughs> We're talking about little, my feet. Yeah. <laughs> got a little heated there. Smells like onions in here now. Uh, anyways, yeah. This bunny's cooking again. All right, I so, so guys, obviously, um, food plots is something that is really gaining a lot of momentum, a lot of traction in the outdoors. And, and one thing I, I really wish that people would call a spade a spade. When you plant, let's say, an acre food plot, there is no possible way you can plant and have enough forage on one acre that it is actually going to increase or improve the overall uh, health of the herd in your area when it comes to deer or anything. Unless so, it's just one big buck. Yes, which that is very seldom. That there's okay. just one there's deer. Just, there's only one deer in northwest Kansas. <laughs> All right. We have a herd of about like 40 antelope that would ravage. Yes. <laughs> but it's like Jim and Twinkies. Um, I love those. Now, anyways, what they I'm really trying to say is. They me off when they stop making it. <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. And there's nothing wrong with this, but you're actually using that food plot as an attractant. Because I will guarantee that there is a blind tree stand somewhere near that food plot. Well, you know, the thing is that there's nothing wrong with food plots. No, it's great. People people do it with the best of intentions. You want to improve the health of the herd and stuff like that. But I think also there's the ulterior motive is really um, having a place to hunt big bucks when, when season comes. And the problem becomes 
you take so much care to um, plant food plots, but you don't really take that much care to maintain natural habitat. And that's very important, just as important. They don't have place to bed. They don't have place to um, take cover. And you turn all this land into food plot, and they don't have anywhere to go. But also, it comes to a matter of, is hunting over a food plot really fair chase? It's kind of in is your mind. Is it considered baiting? Right, exactly. Is it? If you go to the local pond or mm-hmm. lake and you're catching stocked trout or during pheasant season, during controlled season, if you're shooting stocked pheasants, is that a fair chase? You know, I mean, I think it all goes to ethics. It's kind of, uh, it depends on you to make the shot. You're um, relying on something else, a means of deception to bring the game into you. Now, there's some states like Michigan where you can't bait. No. I just wonder in that particular state, you know, my father used to take carrots and dump them out and the deer would come and eat the carrots or turnips or whatever it may be. Oh, that's not baiting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing is, then they said they outlawed it. So you couldn't do it. But if we planted a food plot, would that be considered the same thing? If you hunted over it, it'd have to be. Yeah, because yeah, in essence, it is. But I really think you know we've talked about prescribed burning, we've talked about disking, we we've talked about hinging trees. There's a lot of things you can do. Be a wild man or woman with a chainsaw in the woods and do a lot of good. I think for every ounce of hard work that you put into a food plot, you need to dedicate towards natural um, enhancements of habitat. And now, well, what, what have we done here, though? We've planted lots and lots and lots of trees, which we don't have here. So, right. uh, and, and matter of fact, we, we have the deer come up and they just beat the fire out of the trees, you know, rubbing the, the velvet off their uh, their antlers and they, they ruin the tree at that point in time. But nevertheless, we're doing something for the habitat and not just planting a food plot. Well, I think the habitat part is really crucial because um, around here, especially we were reading statistics on fawn mortality rate, you know, and having a place to bed and having a place to hide um, increases the chances of fawns being able to actually make it into um, the growing season. You know, mm-hmm. um, they say the first three weeks of life are the most dangerous for fawns, you know, and if they have no place to go, if there's no natural habitat for them to bed and to hide and for mom to take care of them, then you know there's not going to be any deer for next year. They say that up to 70 to 80% of fawns wow. are victims of predation, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, coyotes, bobcats, bears, whatever it is, you know. Jim. <laughs> take them out before they can get old enough to take care of themselves, you know. And so the natural habitat is really important. Yeah. You know, I think everybody has gotten on this. Um, and I think it's good, you know, of they're, they're very cognitive of wanting to provide habitat and nutrition for the animals. But let's take it a step further. You know, let's stop looking at the rack. Let's, like you said, let's look at the fawn uh, mortality rate, all right? What can we do to lower that? If we need to pick up, we talked about predator management so many times on the show, then once you start managing some of the predators, you know, obviously we're not talking about eradicating them completely. Because you're never going to. There's a lot of things that you can do besides planting a food plot. Once again, we're not bashing planting a food plot, but let's get real about this. There was a study that says, is hunting over small food plots, not a large nutritional plot, but hunting or so-called kill plot, is it fair chase? And 71% say it is fair chase, you know, because your your bullet... It's your marksmanship that actually takes the animal out. Right. But you're you're creating that particular habitat right. area for not, it. Not demonizing food plots, because I think that people do it with the best of intentions, but I think that some people get too caught up in... Um, in planting food plots and um, not not enough in managing the habitat that's crucial for their survival, not just for their bellies. Because can you imagine, you plant a food plot here. Say you have a three-acre food plot here, yeah. like here in Kansas. But there's no bedding area like you're no. talking about. And they have to go three miles away. Between here and three miles, there could be nine hunters. You yeah. know, and they're, and they're a creature of habit. 
you know, they're going to go back to that same spot unless they're forced out of there. Then they're going to look for the second choice or the third choice or fourth or whatever it may be. And so uh, it's up to you to uh, do those things that yeah. you need to do. Everybody wants that quick and easy kill. You want something better, faster. And I think you really can't knock food plots and how people are using them. Because, I mean, look, every single year our optics improve, firearms improve, ammunition gets reinvented to be even more powerful and, and uh, perform better. It's everything is that let's get what we want, let's get it quicker, and it has to be much better than last time. And so you really can't knock food plots because basically that's just another avenue of achieving that. Right. Oh, look at that. She agrees with me, Jimbo. That's why I love you, Mrs. Bunny. I love you. <laughs> Sounded so sweet. You guys got to get a I room. love you too, Jim. <laughs> oh, Not in the same way. Not as much as me. All right. Once again, uh, we are being joined by Mrs. Bunny all, all throughout today's show. All right. So uh, coming up next, what are we going to be talking about, guys? Boycotting states. Actually, it says number three on my screen. It says, should you boycott hunting in states that are pro-gun? Pro-gun control. I'm not even going to ask you to read anymore. Should you boycott okay. hunting in states that are pro-gun control? Should you get hooked on phonics? Yes. yes. <laughs> of course you should. I we all agree on that e- one. I'm big into ebonics. <laughs> Frank says yes. All righty, so... All right, well, hey, we're the Revolution. We're proudly brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Make sure you hook up. Uh, make sure you hook up with them. <laughs> Have a love child at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Uh, also, Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com. And High Mount Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Once again, being joined by Mrs. Bunny. hey yo, Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Uh, we'll see you guys after the break, but here's another word for Bark. Ram Trucks, hard-hitting outdoor facts, a gut-wrenching discovery. November bred does have been dropping fawn for the last couple of weeks, and the majority of fawn drops should be completed by the end of next week. That's the good news. The bad news is that in many areas, only one of every two fawns born will make it into the fall herd. Predation is the leading cause of fawn mortality. Sadly, some areas see few, if any, fawn survival due to excessive predation. Coyotes, bears, and bobcats can wipe out 70 to 80 percent of a fawn crop on occasion even more studies indicate that most fawn predation occurs during the first three weeks of a fawn's life well the boys and bunny need a minute to collect themselves after that bad news so please stick around every gun has a story to tell where they came from why they're important and what their future holds So join me as we look at the guns that defined our history and are shaping the future. Joe Montaigne hosts Midway USA's Gun Stories. All new season premiere Wednesday, July 3rd, 8 p.m. 7 central. Only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. The Ruger 1022 Takedown. A new take on the legendary Ruger 1022. With all of the features and functionality of America's favorite rimfire rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown easily separates for convenient storage and transportation. Reassembly is simple and returns the rifle to zero, ensuring precision shot after shot. Packed in a backpack-style bag included with the rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown makes it easy to keep America's favorite rimfire by your side. 
High Mountain Seasonings makes game processing delicious. Try jerky making kits, breakfast and dinner sausage kits, snacking sticks, and more. Find us in a store or at www.himtnjerky.com. Full of promise, full of hope, ignorant of reality. This is the revolution. Fun time you guys got here. With Jim and Trav. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's Speaking via cell phone from Grand Junction, Chris Journey says hunting outfitters, including his own, have already been getting cancellations. It comes down to a matter of principle um, against violation of the Second Amendment rights. They want to hunt here and they like Colorado, but they can't stand for what Colorado has done. I think Toby Keith is just angry. He's the angry American. He's Keith Warren with a good voice. <laughs> <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen anybody as angry as Keith Warren? That guy will drive you to drink. That's what happens when you're circumcised at 45. Oh, stop. <laughs> they over-circumcised me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, obviously from the clip there, uh, we are talking about boycotting uh, certain states. You know, that was a movement that had uh, kind of uh, got some attention and some momentum. Uh, back in the day, but it's kind of falling off. But before the break, though, uh, we talked with Mrs. Bunny about food plots versus maintaining natural habitat. But what do you guys think after uh, Judge Nin- not Judge uh, Governor John Hickenlooper? That's what I call him. Yeah, uh, plus of, other things. Out of Colorado, the, I call him Keith Warren. <laughs> <laughs> no, what what do you guys think about that boycotting states that are pro gun control? My personal opinion, uh, I think you make it rough on that small outfitter out there that relies on those hunters coming in. I, I think the best way to protest that uh, pro-gun control thing, vote the suckers out. Right. Yeah, you but can, that never gotta, happened. That never works, though. But you know what? There are more hunters and shooters in the United States than voted last time. All we have to do is just organize this. Well, obviously, we, we've proven now since we were founded. Let me look at my shirt in 1776 uh, <laughs> that we can't That was do the last that. time you washed that, too. That was the, yes. But here's the problem. You know, I, I think you're right. We're penalizing these outfitters and small businesses and stuff like that. But eventually, you do have to take a stand. And when is that time going to come? When are they going to push us enough that we start to push back. You know, obviously you can boycott, you know, and you can punish Colorado. And um, a lot of people are doing it still. You know, just because the, the movement's moving, losing steam doesn't mean that everybody has stopped. But a lot of people, instead of boycotting, have focused more on overturning the legislation, which was the boycott's end goal anyway. I mean, they wanted to see the gun control legislation overturned. So um, Colorado manufacturer uh, Magpul, M-A-G-P-U-L, Magpul. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Made clips. They joined 53 state sheriffs in filing a lawsuit against the new gun control measures, which they believe is unconstitutional. So, you know, they're trying to do something proactive in in filing this lawsuit to try to get this overturned, you know. So instead of boycotting, you can throw your support behind manufacturers and uh, new legislation, you know, to try to overturn this stuff and rather than boycott and harm the small businesses like the outfitters that obviously aren't pro-gun control. I mean, Colorado has some of the best hunting and fishing in the nation, you know. And there's a lot of outdoorsmen and women there, you know. It's just... Um, a lot of the liberals have taken hold of the government there, and that's the problem. Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, there has been uh, a, a petition uh, for recalling some of these uh, uh, state representatives, and I think they've been somewhat successful. And I think if they continue on, they're going to find out that that whole pro-gun people uh, have a large voice. Well, 
Well, you're right in because a lot of places. along with that court action I was just talking about, the residents are signing petitions to recall the legislators, the actual legislators who pinned the firearm-related bills. There's a campaign by Colorado gun owners to have um, already a, they've submitted a 16,000 signature petition to oust the state president John Morse who, according to the Washington Times, is expected to appear on a recall ballot following an announcement by the end of this week. So. Well, you know, I have filled out so many of these petitions that I started to get arthritis and glaucoma. You know, I mean, you do it, too. You sign up for, like, NRA, and I have, I have joined, like, 9 million gun rights groups, and I get these things every single day. Fill out this petition, whatever, and I do it. Contact your state legislature. Contact, yeah. And, and nothing has ever gone our way. Well, um... Colorado was so concerned about it that they actually put out some pamphlets and um, some informational material to explain how these new gun bills are going to affect um, the people hunting because roughly 15% of the state's um, licensed hunters come from out of state, yeah. you know, the people coming in. So, I mean, out of state hunters are bringing a huge amount of revenue into the state, but with the boycott dying down, um, the state says, the Parks and Wildlife Department says that um, they already have 468,000 applications for the 2013 big game season, which is um, more than last year, they said. And instead of experiencing lost, they said applications have increased by over 17,000. So wow. either it's... Um, Are we killing them with kindness? <laughs> is something. that what we're doing? <laughs> you know, what, how many will actually come in to the state remains to be seen. You know, how many will actually hold true to the boycott? You know, who knows if these applications were put in before or after this whole boycott went into effect or not. But, you know, do you do you punish them or do you go after people legislatively? Because that's a tough way to go. You know, your voice isn't really heard that well. You know, I did. I took Biden's advice, though. What's that? I bought a shotgun. Yeah. I bought like eight of them. <laughs> I've got so many shotguns. I got them everywhere in my house. Portholes. Yeah. Well, as of July 1st, unless the legislation is recalled, the state will begin limiting magazine capacities to 15 rounds. They're expanding background checks and they'll require firearm purchasers to pay a fee to pay for the background checks that they're imposing. You know, for me, I, um, I'm not going to hunt in Colorado this year. You get a fish, though. Yeah. You're going to Africa. <laughs> yeah. And you we're going to be talking about that coming up here in, in a couple of segments. You don't have time to hunt in Colorado. Well, you true. go to Colorado all the time, though. Yes, you're always do. going to the springs. Yeah. You're not going to go to Colorado, but you're going to go where poaching is most rampant in <laughs> Africa. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, about Jim's going to Africa to poach. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was asked if I would like to go on a poaching raid. And you know what I said very enthusiastically? Hell no. Because oh. <laughs> they shoot so. back. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those yeah, people I, are crazy. I'll, st I'll stay in camp on that one. Yeah. All right. So once again, uh, get in touch with your local um, and state representatives. Let them know how you feel. Join some organizations. Uh, fill out some online petitions. Whatever you can. Make some phone calls. We, we got to be proactive, guys. There's somebody in every state that can join somewhere. Yeah. You look all these other tree-hugging, baboon-eating crapheads. Um, they, they're so was a term of endearment folks, it really was. these green people, I mean, you got to give it to them. They're so organized and vocal and annoying green people. You must be talking about New Mexico. We need to be more like PETA. <laughs> Those people are everywhere. They're annoying. <laughs> uh, so anyways, once again, we are being joined by Mrs. Bunny. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we are talking about five very important things in the outdoors that everybody needs to pay attention to on today's show. Jimmy is here as well. We love you so much. But anyways, after the break, though, hey, we're going to talk about uh, choosing between habitat conservation 
and access, which is a very, very important topic. Very important topic. But real fast, we want to give a shout-out to Ram Trucks, ramtrucks.com, and Ruger at ruger.com, and High Mountain Seasonings, that is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com, plus Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com, and Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com, forward slash revolution. Got to make sure you hop on there. Um, and listen to our podcast. Also, check us out on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. That's where you got to go. All right, coming up after the break, we will be back with Mrs. Bunny. But here's another word from Mark. We'll see you in a minute. Ram Trucks hard-hitting outdoor facts. A three-peat. Three all-time state records fell in Missouri back in 2006. Hunters there notched new high marks for gun harvests at 280,732. The bow harvest was at 41,097. And the overall harvest was at a whopping 321,829 in total. Well, we've got to get to a break. And while you're intently listening to our sponsor spots, you can also hit us up on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash underscore. Or OTN. Thank you. We're never looking for danger, but sometimes danger finds us. He's coming, Jim. Legendary outdoorsman Jim Shockey and his crew travel deep into the world's most remote places. In the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. Where the most exotic animals are often the most deadly. You never know what you're going to see. Get ready to go off the grid. It's raw and it's real. This is hunting on the edge. Jim Shockey's The Professionals. Season premiere Monday, July 1st, 9 p.m. Eastern. Part of our all-new premiere week. Only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Be your best in the field with Outgo's Port personal care products. Get clean with smart suds, waterless wash, and quick-dry microfiber towels. Field tested in the military, now at outdoor retailers and on base. See the full line at outgo.us. One of the most striking things is they'll go for long periods of time without sleeping. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. All right, we are back. Being joined by a Mrs. Bunny, and the phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. And if you've just joined us, boy, you've missed a whole lot so far. You've missed us complain. <laughs> That's all we have done. Yeah, and we don't even have Keith Warren on the show. <laughs> we should get him on the show. We but, should. You know, this is one subject we have uh, talked about a lot before, especially in depth with the people from TRCP, Teddy Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. As you said, we've had a lot of other people talking about various aspects of the outdoors, mm-hmm. but there's one thing we're going to be talking about right now, and that is public uh, access habitat versus conservation versus access. Yeah, it really divides people, and it's choosing between habitat conservation and access. Do you really have to choose between the two of them? I don't. I I think in certain areas, yes. Give us an example of what you're talking about. I'm not saying that you can't be successful hunting in a certain area, but when there is an increased amount, an elevated amount of traffic. Obviously, that is going to somehow deter, hinder, yeah. deter your success rate when you're harvesting an animal. Now, I'm not talking about the reproduction, migration. I don't think that bothers them. 
I mean, do you really think a road is going to hamper them when they have a grizzly that wants to eat them? I mean, think about it. You know, I mean, they're already but having to deal a with semi on that road. They're having yeah. to deal with predation from coyotes, bobcats, wolverines, Peterbilts, the guy from the Kenworth. show. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things they have to deal with. Another gravel road isn't necessarily, I think, going to um, be the cause of their extinction. But I do have to say, if we have a pristine chunk of ground, sometimes that is kind of nice. You know, I think that a lot of times people, they, they cry and moan because they want more roads, they want more access. But it, what it really boils down to, they're just lazy. They don't want to walk in. They don't want to have to do the work to be successful. Yeah. Now, we can talk specifically about Colorado and uh, and that the Winnemuch. You and I have been back in there Lots in the Winnemuch hunting grouse, uh, fishing for trout, and, and hunting elk and deer and so forth. But the thing is, we have seen some areas back in there that no one has really seen, or just a very select few that are willing to, you know, like we were on horses. Uh, there's some hikers. But I'll tell you. That's that an amazing we, experience. Yeah. you We get back in there, and we see so many neat things if it was just opened up where more people could enjoy it. Now, you know, along the roads and so forth that would be open to that Winnemuch Wilderness area, yeah, it's going to push the deer and elk and so forth back a little bit off the road. But, geez, not 18 miles. We had to no. ride in to get to this one, I mean, great, beautiful valley up off from the Pine River. And holy cow, when you, we, we broke over that hill, I mean, it just, the expanse of ground and so forth and, and the uh, escarpments uh, that were there mm-hmm. was just beautiful. And most people don't even get to see it. And it would be great if, like, your your grandfather could have went back in there and actually seen that and drove within, you know, five miles. You can still see it five miles away. But to be able to do that, he could make it back in 18 miles on a horse. I dumped his ashes back <laughs> there. Now they, they take it in for loitering. <laughs> <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> well, you know, there there's a lot of arguments for and against access and you know, and some of it is, you know, you put roads in there and it hinders animals migration routes. But there was a study done in Ecology magazine that showed that traditional elk migration routes there's less calf production along the elk migration routes. It showed that when elk stay in one place like in Montana and stuff, and they browse on irrigated cropland, mm-hmm. um, their populations are doing better um, rather than in the western part of the state where they actually have to migrate. They're seeing declines. And so I don't think you can say that just because there's access roads and things like that, that you're actually um, hurting the population. We have to go back, though, to the very first thing we talked about in today's show, road hunting and poaching. When you open up places like that, absolutely, you're going to ask for that. It somewhat. Yes, exactly. you are absolutely. Well, because anytime you can drive a vehicle back there, and I think also too, anytime you open up a road, it opens up the opportunity for you have one road, and now you have two, and now you have three, and it just further expands. You know, so there's there's obviously there's arguments for and against it. What you're doing then is you're talking about educating the hunter to be an ethical hunter. Yeah. And, and that's really what's lacking here. Right. Integrity. Right. Which that goes back to poaching. You know, it's difficult to, it's difficult to instill ethics in a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot it. of people wouldn't take a dime. How many times have you went to a grocery store and bought something or a liquor store or whatever it may be, and they gave you back the wrong amount of change? Yeah. There's people that would never, ever take that money and, and walk with it out to stores. They would, and I have done it many, many times. Do you really want to give me that much money? Yeah. You, know, you gave me change for a hundred and I gave you a 20, Yeah, you know, but the fact of the matter is they wouldn't think twice about shooting an extra pheasant or maybe uh, poaching a deer or something like that. And, uh, 
it takes the same amount of integrity. Well, in speaking to access, I mean, like there's a lot of pros and cons for access, but you know, some of the pros for access are like the land and water conservation fund. They're increasing public access to public land and they're adding more public land to the inventory um, to help provide landowners with the tools they need to keep um, public lands from turning into subdivisions. They're trying to mm-hmm. keep, they're trying to keep natural land from turning into heavily populated urban areas. Um, for instance, down in Galveston, Texas, we were there last summer for um, a photo shoot and we were back in a subdivision. It was kind of surrounded by home, homes and things like that. Then there was forests and there was trees and stuff like that. And they were getting ready to clear it for mm-hmm. um, another overpass and stuff like that. And so they're opening up public areas, trying to help landowners with access. That way they can um, keep it from turning into um, an urban metropolis. And you know, it was amazing. Do you remember, guys, that right in that area, you know, we're, we're setting up to do a, a photo shoot. We saw some deer. Yeah. yeah. Remember right, that? Right in the middle of Galveston, Texas. It actually, it was called the Houston Zoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. Well, so by opening up, by, by, by giving it more access and opening it up to some more hunting and fishing, they're hoping to be able to um, keep the area rural and wooded rather than letting it go to subdivisions and contractors and things like that. So there, there are some good things about access in programs like the land and water conservation fund, because they're actually trying to save the land and keep it in natural resources. You know, I have to say though, the spot that Jim was talking about that we went to a a few years ago, the Winnemuge that needs to stay undeveloped because there, there's very few places in this world still pristine like that should be a no fly zone. What? No fly zone. You can't fly over it. I don't want to hear a plane. You can't fly over Colorado because you can't have. Keith Ward would fly a plane over it. <laughs> All right. So once again, we are being joined by Mrs. Bunny on today's show. We were talking about five very important things to outdoors men the and next women. Next one is going to be the best, though. Yeah. Jim's African quest to achieve excellence. Peak physical condition. Oh, Jim. He, he's, I am in condition. He's, he's buffing, looking good. All right. Well, hey, we're the revolution. And uh, we want to give a shout out to Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com plus Zeiss at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. And how about Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. We got some uh, podcasts there, I do believe. Also, make sure you check us out at Outdoor Channel. No, <laughs> at uh, OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. <laughs> That's where you got to go. Confuse myself. Hey, he's coming up next. We got Jim. We're going to be talking to Jim. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. There's Mrs. Buddy. Here's another word for Mark. Uh, we'll see you in a minute. Woo woo. Ram Trucks Hard Hitting Outdoor Facts. The perfect season. Alabama hunters were the safest in the country last season. For the first time in 33 years, the state recorded no deer hunting related fatalities, including no deaths from accidental shootings or falls from tree stands. That's even more impressive when you consider the fact that Alabama is home to more than 200,000 deer hunters. So there's plenty more revolution with Jim, Trav, and Bunny to come. So stay tuned. Introducing Terra, a new line of premium optics that combines the benefits of legendary German design and engineering with the performance features you've come to expect from Zeiss, all at an incredible value. Find out more at Zeiss.com forward slash sports. Bring on the weather, the workday, the three-ton haul, the off-off-road. Turn the rain into hail, the dawn into a second night. Bring it all on, and more, because you'll never know your limits until you go looking for them. The new 2013 Ram 1500. 
designed to overcome every obstacle in its path with best-in-class fuel economy and a five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Engineered to move heaven and earth. Guts. Glory. Ram. Standard pickup class EPA estimated 17 city, 20 combined, 25 highway MPG based on Ram V6 4x2. Actual results may vary. Excludes hybrid models. See dealer for copy of the powertrain limited warranty. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Hey, guys. What's up, G? This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back, and we're going to talk about my favorite subject, me. Once again, this is Jim <laughs> talking about Jim. It's the all-Jim Jim's going to do. It's the all-Jim. We've had the all-Jim show. It didn't go over well, so, over well, so we're cutting it down to a segment. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon I'll just get a name mentioned, and then I'll be a memory. You can sum up Jim's life in a 30-second spot. Uh, Mrs. Bonnie, once again, she is joining us and has been uh, all throughout today's show. I am glued to my chair. <laughs> You're so excited. Africa. Yeah. Yeah. A wimble way. A wimble. Yes. I love that. Jungle. All right. So, Jim. Yes. Uh, the countdown is on. How long is it until you fly to Africa and ruin it? Just about 68 days. Six, oh, my God. Actually, I leave the seventh day of September. Holy cow. Now, you just got in um, a beautiful, beautiful side-by-side rifle. Blazer. Yeah. Right, it's a Blazer S2 Safari, and uh, it's engraved with the, the Dangerous Five on the receiver, mm-hmm. and uh, it's and uh, it's heavy. <laughs> yeah, it weighs twelve pounds. Weighs, weighs about twelve pounds, and that that and that's empty, and uh, it's a four seventy Nitro Express that I'm going to go and harvest a Cape Buffalo with. It's zeroed in at fifty five yards. Yeah. Now, 55 yards with a charging buffalo? Well, I'm hoping it's not charging. It's going to be. Trust me. Thank you. I've already phoned ahead. (laughs) I said, only get close to the charging ones. (laughs) Now, 55 yards, open sights. Now, you're wanting to get all old school. Um, You want to look like Robert Redford. We've talked about this before. Well, I do look like Robert Redford. Not the younger days. (laughs) (laughs) Now, anyways. All right. So, you're going to wear time period clothes. Yeah. You got this old blazer or new blazer. I I went to uh, the manufacturers that made the clothing for Robert Redford in... Bunny's actually yawning. <laughs> oh, I was coughing. Sorry, I got some serious she allergies was, she going did, on. She was choked up. You were talking. She threw up in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> no, that actually uh, made the clothing for Robert Redford in the movie Out of Africa with Meryl Streep. Yeah, and I wanted to have that look. And matter of fact, that we're going to be shooting a lot of uh, black and white photographs to get that period feel of the turn of the century, the last century. It's going to be two interesting. Centuries ago, I guess. All right, yes. so let's get to the most important part. I think Bunny wants to know about this too. Um, this is going to be quite a hunt. There's going to be a lot of work involved, well, a lot of walking. Well, that, and that's what I was going to ask is how much physically, how much is demanded out of you? How much walking will you have to do? Well, talking with my, uh, my guide and actual professional hunter out of Kolobi safaris, uh, there in South Africa, uh, I have to be prepared to walk six to eight miles a day, uh, to get this Cape Buffalo. Now, and you the have- average temperature is what? Uh, at that time, we're going into spring, uh-huh. and so it's probably going to be the high of uh, may, maybe high 70s, low 80s during the day, and to get down to maybe 42 at night. So that that's quite a bit. So what are you doing? I mean, I mean, you, you're working out? You're walking? What, what are you doing to get ready to go to Africa? Well, a couple of things, actually. Uh, one thing I'm really starting to do is uh, watch my diet. And You uh, had bacon this morning. <laughs> 
You'll start I tomorrow. Wanted, you know, I do have to say, though, he gave me one piece of his bacon. That's right. <laughs> I, I eat one piece less. So <laughs> there you go. No, actually, I'm, I'm watching my diet. And, uh, you know, you can lose weight strictly by portion control. Right. You know, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm cutting down the portions. But then also, I've got uh, a workout regimen that I'm doing in, uh, in my studio when I'm just in there working by myself. And then walking. Starting off walking uh, a mile a day and two miles and then three and then... Working up to it. Uh, working up to it. Yeah, you just can't start off with, hey, I'm going to walk eight miles today. Well, I don't want to spend the kind of money that I'm spending to go to Africa and then not physically be able to go after the animal that I've dreamt my whole life to go after, and that's a Cape Buffalo. So you're going after Cape Buffalo. What else are you? I'm just going to go for two animals. And matter of fact, I don't even care about the second one. They kind of threw it in. The Jim's uh, Bach. Jim's Bach. Or Gem's Bach. <laughs> I know. The Jim's Bach. I like it because it's Jim's Bach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I say <laughs> it. G. Yes, I know. <laughs> no, it's with yeah. a J now. Yeah, they, they, they've thrown that in, uh, I guess, you know, just to be nice. And what will you do with it? How will you have it mounted? What will you do? I'm Full gonna... body mount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I'm going to have a European mount done. Yeah. And it's going to be on a pedestal that it can be on my desk. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited. The about Cape Buffalo? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. European? Yeah. Going yeah. all that way for a European. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think they're basically an ugly looking Guernsey cow. That's why know? he wants to kill it. Yeah. He, he's flying halfway across the country. To kill a cow, or not the country, the, the world. world. I could kill Dave's cow in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Cape Buffalo. We put a big cape on him, maybe with an S on it. Yeah. All right, so two. <laughs> super cape. You're harvesting two animals. Yeah. And how long are you going to be gone for? I'll be gone a total of 12 days. 12 days. Colobi safaris. How now, long is one flight? 18 hours. Yeah. Uh, to, to get to Africa. That's not far enough fly away. Out of, fly out of Denver to Atlanta, change planes in Atlanta, and then fly to uh, Johannesburg. You know why they throw in the Jim's Bach? What is that? Because they thought you were Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Out of Africa? Like, I thought that guy died in a plane crash. <laughs> D didn't he die in actually, a plane crash? Hey, speaking of that, that plane was actually sold at auction last November. That was in the, out of Africa. That's interesting. Now, that's going to be a really fun trip. Um, now, you do have to get some shots. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I've been looking into it. I'm going to have to get a um, a yellow fever shot. It's required that you have a yellow fever shot before you go. If you go to South Africa and you don't have it, you, you will, can't leave the airport until you get one. You will get yellow fever. Yeah, I think I'd rather get the shot here than get the shot there. Yeah. There's something in the water over there. Yeah, it's <laughs> called <Literally>. malaria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then we have to do something about malaria as well. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, uh, AIDS, HIV is very, very prevalent there, but I'm not going to have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving my equipment home. And now that everybody knows in Africa that Jim's coming, they all have to get shots. <laughs> so it's it's costly for the country of Africa as well. <laughs> yeah, they're actually going to drag that to Cape Buffalo to the airport. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about five very important things on today's show. First of all, we talked about how road hunting and poaching has become an epidemic. Number two, food plots versus maintaining natural habitat. And should you boycott hunting in states that are pro-gun control? Yeah, and do we really have to choose between habitat conservation and access? And finally, Jimbo's quest for African excellence. That's what that's we it. talked about the whole time. We've been joined by the lovely, the beautiful, the talented. The ever lovely. The lovely. The woo-woo girl, Mrs. Bonnie. Mrs. Bonnie, thank you so much. Uh, for hanging out and putting up with Jim today. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Alright, so uh, the close is coming up next, and we want to say once again a big shout out to Ram Trucks, ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com plus Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Uh, how about Ruger at Ruger.com 
Uh, Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at cabelas.com. Also, Zeiss at zeiss.com forward slash sports. And I'm going to throw in a blazer. Blazer. Blazer-usa.com. And, w- and once again, I want to say Ruger as well. <laughs> Ruger. Well, it's just for this gun. Yeah, just for this gun, though. All right, so uh, coming up next is the close. But first, here's a word from Mark. We'll see you in a minute. Speaking of clothes. trucks hard-hitting outdoor facts city slingers two limited access hunting areas account for nearly one out of every 25 bow kills in minnesota annually last year 195 bow hunters shot deer during the city of duluth special bow season those hunters registered 564 deer that's a record 2.89 deer per person the other hunting area fort ripley in the north central part of the state accounted for 516 bow kills amazingly only 25,000 350 deer were taken by bow hunters in the entire state last year. So there's more outdoors talk to come on the revolution. But make sure you find the time to hop online and take a listen to our podcast at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain seated as we have a very special announcement. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel. Now, here are the boys. Hey, we had another station to the Affiliate Station Network. Oh, what, what, what station? WLPO in Peoria, Illinois. Is that, that FM or AM? That's an FM station, and that makes 420 stations that's pumping out this show. We love you guys. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes this show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Canary, and... Frank the Sound Guy, plus all of our special guests this week. Anyways, all right, so this weekend, get outdoors, enjoy yourself, make sure you use bug spray and sunscreen, and take some kids with you. Go fishing! Uh, shoot a snake, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, just get outdoors. Jibbo and I love you, and God bless you. Stick around, because your local news weather, it is coming up next. Peace out. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.